Saturday evening, no better place to be than in the Lord's house. But I'm going to tell you tonight, oh, I'm going to preach a message the Lord gave me last week tonight. I, I w- this would be a good night to prove my point, to illustrate my point. Tonight, I'm going to it, it, look around tonight. The Holy Ghost told me other other night, he woke me up. I was praying, and he, he said they're intoxicated in on the world. They're drunk on pleasures. They're more intoxicated. They're controlled about these things than more than they are by him. Amen. Let me re- just go ahead and say, there's nothing wrong with having activities. There's nothing wrong with resting, relaxing, and having a good time. Where it becomes a problem is... Whence when we value it more than we do the eternal things of God. Amen. I want to turn your attention this evening to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 4. This is talking about the last days right here. This is one of the signs in the last days that that I'm going to read from. One verse right here. There's many more that goes with it. But I'm going to tell you the title of this message tonight is Drunk own pleasures are intoxicated by in the world of the world uh, however you want to put it like that second timothy chapter 3 verse 4 the word of god says traitors haiti high-minded listen to this here's the heart of the message lovers of pleasure more than lovers of god i want to i want to take get you that last part again in that verse Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. This tells me right here there'll be people that will be drunken on pleasures more than they are, they're more in love with their pleasures more than they are in love with God. Amen? This scripture never denies that these people didn't love God. But what they said, but what it's saying right there is they loved their pleasure more than they loved God. Strong statement, but it's in tune for this hour that we are in uh, right now. Heavenly Father, we come before you, dear Lord, tonight, God, and we just lift you up, dear Lord. And we ask, Lord, for your anointing, Lord, and we ask, Lord, for your touch, dear God, in here this evening, Lord. Uh, Father, tonight I pray, God, for you to anoint me to speak your word. Uh, Give me the words you would have me to speak, O Lord, tonight. Uh, Father, tonight we ask, Lord, for you to just have your way, dear God, tonight. Uh, I pray, Lord, for your anointing, dear Lord, to be upon us, uh, that we wake up to this condition tonight uh, that is coming upon us quickly as we approach your return. Uh, Lord, tonight let us be lovers of you more than anything else. Uh, Let us be at at our first love with you tonight, Lord. Uh, Father, tonight we ask you, Lord, to just move and anoint, dear God. Uh, We pray for your spirit and we pray for your anointing, dear God, tonight. Uh, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Uh, Jesus said it like this, that in the last days that the Love of many shall wax cold. In order for it to wax cold at one time, they had to be fervent. They had to be loving. They had to be, they had to have a fervent, a passion for Jesus. In fact, when it means to wax cold, they grow colder and colder and colder. But it tells me something also through the scriptures, like the, the church that left Ephesus that left its first love. Uh, it had left Jesus behind and had something else uh, that it had replaced the Lord with. Uh, and I want you to know tonight that I want to tell you that many people are more in love with worldly activities, morally concerned about more desires uh, of fulfilling the flesh than they are pleasing the, Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ this evening. Uh, I want you to know that they are is an intoxication in this world uh, that people are intoxicated tonight uh, that people are drunk tonight uh, I'm not just talking about alcohol or drugs or anything like that uh, but I want to tell you tonight there is something that people that profess to know Christ uh, that has gripped them uh, that has grabbed a hold of them uh, and that intoxication in their life uh, has replaced the Lord 
Lord. And it controls them. And many of them don't even realize they're not where they need to be with the Lord this evening. Now, what is that con condition that you are talking about? What is this intoxication that you're speaking of? I'm talking about people are more they're intoxicated by the world. They're intoxicated by pleasures. After all, this is what the Apostle Paul wrote to the young Timothy, the young Pastor Timothy concerning the last day when he said they would be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, that they would get their fill with the things of the world, that they would be more concerned about the things of fulfilling the lustful desires, fulfilling their activities fulfilling this and that and they would put God on the back burner and I tell you tonight that is what we see that is happening in our world tonight but it's happening in the houses of God tonight I want you to think about this if you don't believe me this evening I want you to think about something real quick there's more money that will be spent on vices that will be spent on pleasure that will be spent on other things than giving to the work of God this evening. Amen? People will complain people will complain about giving to the work of God a dollar if you will. But they won't they won't say anything about uh, giving $100 to the Walmart. Did you hear what I'm telling you? Giving $100 to $200 to fulfill their things that they want to do. Uh, people will tell you they can't afford to give, but they can find it for everything else and go everywhere else. Uh, they can't make it to church, but they can go make it to everywhere else. Uh, did you hear me? Uh, 9.30 is too early to be in the house of God, but 6, 5 a.m. in the woods ain't no problem or on the creek. Did you hear what I'm telling you today? I'm telling you there's no time for God but people can find time to get their pleasures. The things that appeal to the flesh. The list can go on and on and on. But I want to tell you tonight what the real issue of many is. I want to tell you the real issue. The real issue is their priorities are out of whack. The real issue is they don't have concerned about the eternal things of the Lord Jesus Christ. Their real issue is they have no desire, they have no th concerned about the things of God and they're not aware of the time that we are living in. They're not believing that Jesus could come at any moment. They're not believing that Jesus could show up at any time. They got their mindset on the things of this earth. Can I tell you tonight that when you truly have a walk with God, when you're truly right with God, you're going to have your mind set on the things above and not on the things of this earth. Did you hear me? That Jesus Christ is going to take priority in one's life. Your walk with Jesus Christ is going to be the most important walk that you ever have in your life. It's going to be the most important one that you want to please. He's going to be the one that you want to grab a hold of. Uh, and you want to serve him fervent. Uh, you want to serve him zealous. Uh, and you want to serve him diligently. Uh, did you hear what I'm saying? Uh, how many know the Bible says uh, if you seek him, you will find him? How many know that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him? Uh, I want you to get that word diligently. That means applying everything else, applying every aspect every strength and giving everything you got and getting on your face and hungering and seeking for God tonight. Why don't we see that? Why come some people can only make two services out of 14? Because their priorities are out of order. Did you hear me? Their priorities are out of whack. Their priorities are somewhere else tonight instead of being where it needs to be. They're or can want to worry about uh, uh, pleasing the flesh uh, uh, pleasing the things uh, they're lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God uh, 
I don't know about you, but I'm a Jesus lover tonight. Amen? I can't find nowhere better to be than in the house of God. But let me tell you tonight, can I tell you something that is sad? When we look around in our parking lots and up in coastal churches, they're empty. But if you go ride by a tavern tonight, you'll have a hard time finding a parking place. Amen? You go ride by a bar tonight, you'll find a hard time finding a place to park because they have packed it out. You hear what I'm about to tell you. I'm going to say this strong. I wish to goodness that God's people would be as faithful to him as the world's crowd is as faithful to the world system. Did you hear me? What the problem is, too many people aren't intoxicated. They're drunk on the pleasures of this world. They're lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And if we're going to have a revival, and if we're going to have a revival, if we're going to have an awakening, can I tell you it's got to start with the church getting in love with Jesus again. It's got to start with the church returning unto its first love. This scripture, it needs to be different. We've got to be lovers of God more than lovers of pleasure. But people are intoxicated with these pleasures. Amen? Satan knows what he's doing. Satan knows how to appeal. Satan knows what he can do to get people eased and so relaxed. He's going to appeal to these things. He's going to appeal to these things that you like so good. Listen, what I'm telling you, that when people are under intoxication, when people are under intoxication, that will control them. So what are you saying, preacher? I'm telling you that when people are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, the pleasures are controlling them and not the Spirit of God. Amen. How many know you've seen somebody that has been intoxicated by drugs or alcohol? How many know that, that alcohol or that drug will control them, if you will? It makes them do things they normally would not do. It makes them act silly. It makes them do stupid things. Just like anything, it's addictive. It, this what takes control over them. It impairs them, if you will. The reality tonight is that they are many who are servants to pleasure and material things more than they are to the things of God. It's their driving force, if you will, which is someone or something that has the power to motivate. And listen today, many claim to be where they need to be with God. And if you're where you need to be with God, can I tell you tonight, he's what's going to drive you tonight. If you're where you need to be with the Lord, he's going to drive you tonight. Amen? If your heart is where it needs to be, that driving force behind you is what is the Spirit of God. But if you're in in love with something else more than God, that's going to be your driving force. Did you hear me? That's what's going to control you. That's what's going to motivate you. That's what it's got. That's what's controlling you and taking you where it needs to be. It's a heart issue, if you will. Let me tell you what controls you affects your actions, it affects your motives, and it affects your desires. Did you hear me? I'm telling you, we got to be constant we got to be vigilant and we got to be on guard and we got to stir the fire every day amen we got to clean the ashes out of the fire we got to put some logs on the fire every day amen I can't let this fire go out I can't let it go dim did you hear me I got to stay on fire for my Lord today you see I've taught learned a long time ago the only thing that it really makes me happy is pleasing the Lord amen I'm not here to live for myself. I'm not here to for it please people. I'm here to please God tonight. Amen. And I'm telling you this evening, we got to get our hearts fixed and set back on the Lord Jesus Christ. We got to return unto our first love. 
But sadly today, many people's hearts are fixed more towards the things and the pleasures of this world than they are to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God's looking for some people and He's coming for a church that's got their heart on Him tonight. That they're lovers of God more than lovers of pleasure. That they want to serve Him wholeheartedly. They want to give Him everything. They don't want to be half-hearted. See, I'm not that hard. If you know me, I like, I'd rather show grace than judgment. Amen? But I'm going to tell you something. There's something I wish people would do. Instead of finding reasons not to be in his house, find a reason to be in his house. Amen? Amen? I realize sometimes things come up. I realize sometimes people travel. I realize sometimes sickness happens. I'm not that hard. But what the issue comes in is when you'll see one in a, every once in a blue moon. Amen? They think they're so lax they got all of this and that to do and they forget about God week in and week out. You got to realize then there's something that is wrong with the walk. Preacher, you're judging. Better be. I hear oh, somebody's getting quiet on me down. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. That's one of the most misquoted scriptures they are. Jesus goes on down there. You can tell a tree by the fruit it bears. I ain't going to, you know, that's going to be the Lord's job to send them to hell. I ain't going to do that part, but I'm going to tell you something's wrong. When there's rotten fruit, when the fruit ain't, ro- when the fruit ain't right, when the fruit ain't good. Amen? When the fruit ain't good, there's something that's not right there. What is going on today is people are controlled by their own lust and their own desires and their own pleasures that it's literally ripped them and it's coming to the church. Amen? Amen? It's coming to the church and all we want to do now is please our flesh. Please this, please that. Become, we have become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. I find the story how material things can control one. Found in the book of Luke in chapter 18, the story of the rich young ruler right there. In Luke 18, verses 22 through 24. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest one thing, sell all thou hast, and distribute unto the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. And when he had heard this, he was very sorrowful for he was rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How holy that they shall have riches enter into the kingdom of God. Let me tell you something about this rich young ruler. What controlled him was the material. Let me just say this. The material, the wealth that he had was not necessarily wrong. If you know me, I thank God's people. People ought to be blessed. If anybody ought to be blessed, it's God's people. Amen? I'm not jealous of somebody that drives a better car or got more money than me. Praise God for it. Amen? But the problem comes in when we begin to allow the material to be our God. Instead of us controlling the materials, the materials control us. Do you see the difference? Do you see something? That was the problem with the rich young ruler. Jesus wasn't condemning what he had. What Jesus was saying is you've allowed these things to control you. They're your God. That's who you serve. You love them more. He was putting him to the test. Will you sell these things? Will you sell these things? And he couldn't. It showed you right there who had what had control over that rich young ruler. That material was what was dictated to his life. He wanted his riches more than eternal life. He wanted his he wanted his possessions more than he wanted Jesus. He wanted these things more than he wanted his name written in the Lamb's book of life. What are you saying? I'm telling you there ain't nothing wrong necessarily with activities doing things until they have control over you. Until 
until you don't value the eternal things of God. When you place those things above God, there becomes an issue. You become a servant to these things. What are you saying? I'm telling you some of them's got riches of pleasure. Where they got activity in their life more than they do the eternal things of God. Think about it. If you don't believe me, think about, look around. Look around in the morning. Look around tonight at our parking lot. Then go up to a ball game, Walmart, and you'll see a multitude. I placed something on my Facebook account that explains it all other day. What a difference one day can make. On a Saturday, the stadiums are full, but on a Sunday, the house of God is half empty. Amen. There's something that's controlling people. It's the love of pleasure. They're in love with these, these earthly things more than they are the eternal things of God. Amen. Amen. What are you saying, preacher? I'm telling you, people are living for here. They're living for here. Amen. They're living for here. They think they got plenty of time here. These things that perish. They ain't even thinking about the thought of eternity. They ain't thinking about what would happen if the trump of God would blow tonight. They ain't thinking about what would happen if they take their last breath in the moment. They ain't even thinking about the eternal things. I want to tell you what Jesus said. What shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Amen. Think about it. They ain't got no value on the eternal things of God. People ain't got no concern about the things of God. And I'm going to ask the church. I'm going to bring it just plain out for them. Why do you expect the world to value the things of God when the people of God that claims to know him don't even value him? Amen. Amen. Think about it. I remember times in them old days. Them, them old time saints valued the things of God. Amen. Amen. Give us some people that values the eternal things. Life is short. Amen. Amen. People say, I'm just living my life. I've only got one time to live it. Wrong. You've got a life after this life. Amen. You've only got one time to get it right for eternity. And that's right here. But that's what's happened. They're controlled by these pleasures. Because it feels so good to them. It pleases them. And it don't require nothing. In fact, it rubs their back. This is what motivates them. They live for this. They live for that. They live for all of this. But they ain't living for Jesus. My Lord, instead of getting drunk on the world and things, we need to get intoxicated on the Lord tonight. Amen. We need to get a good dose of that fountain from above. Amen. I'm not going to sing it. I told you I retired. Amen. We need a good dose of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need to get drunk on the Holy Ghost again. We need to start drinking from the fountain above. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, that's what is going on today. We're seeing the scripture fulfilled where people are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. They're intoxicated on the things of this world. Amen. They're drunk on it. They ain't got no control. It's took control over them and they don't know what they're doing. It controls them. Let me tell you, when you value the earthly things more than you do the things of God, there's something wrong with one's walk. Nobody said, nobody said I wouldn't shy about holding my mouth shut, but because I'm not. Because I'm not in this to make you happy. I'm in this to see you in glory. You hear me? Oh, I know we got them watching on video. I hope they hear this. When you quit, when you... When you try to find reasons not to attend the house of God and not to do the things of God and serve God, 
there's something wrong with your walk. Amen. There's something wrong when you walk when you don't want to give to support the things of God. Amen. There's something wrong with someone's walk when they don't want to open their Bible and read it. There's something wrong when they say they don't have time to pray. Hello. I'm going to show you how to make time to pray. You see them phones you got? There's a button on it called the shut off button. Shut it off and get on your knees. See that TV you got? There's a cord you can unplug it with. Amen? Shut it off and get a hold of God. The problem is you don't want to get a hold of God. When somebody tells me they don't have time to serve God and do these things with God, they ain't got a God problem. They ain't got a time problem. They got a problem with serving God. I'm telling you, I'm preaching it hard, but I'm preaching it truth tonight. The problem is we're drunk on the world. We get reason and reason and reason why we can't do this and why we can't do that. I'm telling you, the walk, something's wrong with somebody's walk. And saints of God, let me tell you, every one of you in here may be walking close to God. It may not be like this. But you better not get lax. Did you hear me? You better stay fired up and you better stay prayed up and you better stay on fire for Him. Because if you get lukewarm and you get like this, walking intoxicated by the world, you're going to find yourself shut out of heaven. I'm going to just say it. Can I just preach it tonight? Amen. I'm just going to preach it. Here's a fact right here. There's some people going to be set in places where they don't need to be when the rapture comes and they're going to find themselves left behind. Amen. There's going to be some people think they're right that's going to miss heaven altogether. Amen. You see, I don't know your motives, but I know the one who knows you notice. Motives. I find myself, yeah, I know sometimes when somebody tries to pull the wool over the preacher's eye. You, you can pull the wool over my eye all the day. I tell you all the time, just be honest with me. It ain't me you got to answer with. It's God. If you're embarrassed to tell me, it ought to tell you something. There's something walk, wrong with your walk with God. Well, here it boils down to. They're so intoxicated and controlled by the world, they don't even know. They're not where they need to be. They're controlled by it. It's got a control over them. That's what they're living for. That's their desires. That's their motivation. Living for now when the world's just temporarily. Listen. Not only are you controlled by these things, but when you're intoxicated... Your sight and walk is out of line. How many know a drunk man has a hard time to see it? Blurry. Amen? Blurry. I'll give you an example. Back, my sugar's doing good now. Probably, probably could come up a few, to be honest with you. But I remember... Down at, when I was getting sick, and you know how I am, I'm not going to a doctor. You can tell me how I got to be at the last minute. But I had a problem with blurred vision. And it was the hand of God that I could drive from Tennessee all the way back to North Carolina a couple of times. From North Carolina and Tennessee all the way back to Pennsylvania and down there too. <laughs> but, but the hand of God would have a blurred vision. There'd be times I'd do this. I would tell nobody. <laughs> I said, I'm in the hands of the Lord. I wouldn't have, but listen, because that sugar had control over me. A drunk man, when he has that alcohol in him, his eye becomes blurred, or that drugs and stuff like that, it blurs their vision. I'm telling you today, people can't see what I'm saying. It's because Ben Hilton's vision is blurred. You want me to tell you what it's like? Because they're drunk with the pleasures of the world, all they see is all they see is their vision is not where it needs to be. It's blurred. They can't see the right way. They're seeing only from one perspective. They're seeing from their drunk perspective. They can't see with a clear sight. Hello. Think about it. They're wrapped up in so much of their living. 
they don't even know what time it is. I think of a good example. In the book of Matthew 24, Jesus even alluded to this condition. He even told us like this in Matthew 24. He said, as in the days of Noah, so they were eating and drinking and giving marriage until the day the flood came and took them by surprise. And you not. Now let me just tell you, there was nothing wrong with the eating and drinking and giving in marriage. But can I tell you what the problem was? They had got so wrapped up and so intoxicated with life and the things of it that they didn't have time for the Lord. And Jesus was saying, that's going to be the condition that it will be right before he returns. How many have you invited to church this week that had something else every day? They could have made one day out of 14 days. But they had something every day going. Something every day moving. I know. But Jesus was talking about these people weren't even thinking about it. They were so wrapped up, intoxicated with their living, they couldn't even see what was about ready to take place. He said, so shall it be when the Son of Man cometh again. And I plan on preaching on the rapture tomorrow night. But let me just give you a hint. A lot of people can't see what's happening. What he said in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man cometh again. He was talking about they're so wrapped up in everyday living. They don't, he's going to, that flood took them by surprise. And what he is saying is when he comes, there's going to be some, they're going to be going about their business, not even thinking about it. And he's going to catch a lot off guard. He's going to catch the majority off guard. Amen. One day people so wrapped up, they're going to be doing this and they're going to be doing that. Not even thinking about it. One day there's going to be a trump of God to blow. I believe sooner rather than later. <laughs> That's just me. One day in the tw moment in the twinkling of an eye, it's going to blow. And the dead in Christ shall rise. Then those which will remain sh shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That's where we all get our glorified bodies at. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. But those that are so wrapped up, like Jesus talked about, don't even, don't even think it's coming. I'll just give you a little another nugget. Those who are living like that, oh, I, I'll, let me tell you, I'll hear saints all the time saying, I believe he's a coming, I believe he's a coming. Do you really believe he's a coming? Because you're going to live like he's coming if you believe he's a coming. Amen. Amen. If you really believe in a place called hell, you're going to try your, you're going to live to your best ability to please God. Amen. Because you don't want to go to that place, by the way. Listen, the problem in G G Noah's day, they didn't value God. They were so drunk in their everyday living. Their vision was blurred. Couldn't see it. Too many think they're okay. When in reality, they're not okay. Oh, I can back this up in Scripture. Jesus said there'll be many that say, Lord, Lord, have we not done these things? Have we not cast out devils? Have we not healed the sick? Have we not done these wonderful works? He never denied the wonderful works, but he says, depart from me, you work of iniquity, for I never knew you. It tells me these people thought they knew him. They thought everything was okay. But when they stood before him, they found out everything wasn't okay. Somewhere along the way, they got intoxicated with the things of this world. And their vision was blurred. They couldn't see that things wasn't okay. How many know the story of Samson? Amen. I want to tell you something about Samson. We think his strength was in his hair. That was part of the Nazarite vow, but his real strength came from the Spirit of God upon him. Amen? That's where his strength came from. The Spirit of the Lord, every act he done, it was because the Spirit of God came upon him. 
We know the story how he compromised, fell in love with a Delilah, wanted Delilah. We know that story, how it comes. One day he went, he just assumed he'd go out and whisk himself and shake it and it would be there. But guess what was gone? The Spirit of God was gone from him. And he didn't even realize it until it was too late. Amen? Intoxicated by the world. Intoxicated with the things of the world. More concerned about the things of the world than the things of God. In fact, they can't see the error of the way because they're blinded. And they try to justify their actions. Blinded and can't see. I like Isaiah 56 and 10 when he talks about some of these worthless watchmen. You know what the Bible says about them, Isaiah? Here's a good description of them. Just one verse. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are dumb dogs. They cannot bark. They're sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Hello. That's what we got in this last day. Second Corinthians 4 and 4, let me tell you. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. There's a lot of people who's got their minds blinded by Satan. But I'm going to tell you, there's people that look on the pews that's letting Satan blind their minds. Let them think the world appeals to them. I want to tell you something right now. The world may look appealing. But I want to remind you, Sodom looked good from the inside. From the outside, by the way. Not from the inside. Excuse me, that's a misspoken word. It looked green from the outside. But on the inside was nothing more than filth, dirt, garbage, and heading towards the judgment of God. But that's what Lot chose because it looked green from the outside. Telling you the things of this world may look good from the outside, but on the inside is nothing but captivity, darkness, heading towards the judgment of God. Think about it. Satan will use the pleasure of this world to try to draw you away from God. I've always said if you miss one service, two services, three services, it gets easier to miss another one. You stop greeting a day, it gets easier to miss another day. You stop praying, it gets easier to quit praying every day. Satan will try to bring distractions, try to bring things your way to draw you away from God. I want to tell you why many are intoxicated real quick on this world. Because they really don't believe what God has said. If they believed it, some would say, I believe it, but look at their actions. Look at their priorities. And that tells the story. I had a preacher one time say, look at somebody's checkbook and you'll see where their actions will leave it, where they're at. I can see that. Amen? Let me tell you something, though. Moses chose to suffer the affliction with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin. I want you to get this tonight. The eternal outweighs the temporary. And when you get intoxicated with the things of this world, Oh, I'm not saying there's any, you know, like I told you, I like football. I like the Dallas Cowboys. Amen? Anybody else? Some good ones in there. I like the New York Yankees. That's a good, I got two back there. I like to go fishing. Especially when I'm catching something. I like to sit back, and there's times I like to enjoy myself. But I can never place them in the position that God has in my life. That's where the problem comes in. That's where people start getting intoxicated with these things. When it takes the place of God in their life, that's where the problem comes in. And it affects one's walk. You see, there's a narrow way and there's a broad path 
How many know intoxication will affect your walk? Amen. It will. I can't necessarily. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like yes tonight, I couldn't probably go out there and walk in the natural sense. But I'm going to tell you in the spiritual sense, when you're, when you got your house in order, you're going to walk the straight and narrow way. Amen. There's two paths to go with. There's the straight and narrow, and there's the broad path. Intoxication to this world. You ain't going to walk the straight and narrow. You're going to walk loosely. You're going to walk on a broad path. You're going to walk with everything you can get on just to please that flesh, if you will. But I want you to know tonight, the narrow path is a straight path. That leads home. And Jesus said, few find it. But he said, a broad path. Many are on that leads to destruction. What are you getting at, preacher? I'm telling you, when you begin intoxicated by the world, you cannot walk the straight and narrow way. You're going to walk the broad path. But when you, because you ain't going to have, listen, your walk ain't going to be right. You're intoxicated by it. Let's just get it, be honest. When they're intoxicated by the world, let's put it down there. They really don't care about pleasing God. Because if they cared about pleasing God, they would do things pleasing to God. I'll just tell you like this. If they had to please God, we would have traffic control out here. I'm convinced of this. If they wanted to please God... We'd be knocking out the walls. I've always said if we could get everybody here at one time, we'd have a crowd. But there's some too busy with everything else more than they are with God. They're walking straight. They're walking broad path. One minute they're here, and on the next minute they're here. Let's put it like this. One day they're here, and the next minute they're here. And they're here. What am I doing? And they're here. I'm not walking straight, am I? I'm walking crooked. That's exactly what being intoxicated with the world is, having a little bit of God and a little bit of the world, trying to serve two masters, if you will. You're one minute here and the next minute here. How many you know that ain't straight? That's crooked. That's broad. When I make my mind up to serve the Lord, guess what? I'm not going over here. I got my mind made up that I'm going to walk the straight and narrow path. I'm not in love with this world. I'm in love with the Lord Jesus Christ this evening. Amen. The broad path what people want to try to walk but it leads to destruction the Bible says he that seeks to save his life shall lose it but he that loseth his life the same shall save it do you get that picture I preached it Wednesday night this goes right along with what I preached Wednesday night if you're going to save your life you're going to have to lose it for his sake if you're seeking to save your life you're going to lose it. But if you want to save it, lose it for his sake. Amen. What are you saying? I'm telling you, it's not about me, myself, and I. It's about the Lord this evening. Amen. Last point. Intoxication affects one's decisions and actions. It affects your mindset. In Luke 14... We either see the parable of the great supper. And there were three that Jesus talked about that were invited. One bought a piece of ground. The second bought five oxen. And the third married a wife. Well, when it was time for the supper and it was time to come, all three began to make excuse. The first one who bought a piece of ground, he couldn't come because he needed to go and see it. Hello. Jesus is showing how dumb excuses can be sometimes. Like I told you, I've heard before, I run out of peanut butter. (laughs) 
But who would buy a piece of ground without seeing it first? Amen. The second bought five oxen. And he needed to go prove them. It seemed like before you buy something. I'm not no businessman. But if I knew I owned a business before I bought something. I'm going to try them out to see if it works before I buy it. Amen. And the third one used the good one. I married a wife. So I couldn't come. The question is. Why didn't he bring her? There wasn't nothing wrong with buying the land. Wasn't nothing wrong with buying the oxen. There wasn't nothing wrong with getting married. But they had a problem. They got intoxicated on these things. And all the Bible says in Luke 14 and 18, and they all with one consent begin to make excuse. The problem is they got so intoxicated with these material things and these things, they just didn't want to go. They were more in love with these than they were with God. Do you hear me? They were more in love with these things. They had a heart problem, by the way. Let me tell you what the problem is today. Some people get so caught up in everyday living, they forget about God. And the Bible tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be what? Added unto you. First God. Then everything else will come into play. Listen. The problem is they're everyday living they put God behind them. God become on the back burner. They couldn't walk straight, so God was on the back burner. They couldn't see, God was on the back burner. But listen to what Jesus said also about these in Luke 14 and 24. He said, none of these men, come on, Sister Marcy, which were bidden shall taste of my supper. He said, they're going to get shut out of my dinner. Did you hear me? I'm going to tell you tonight, this may be strong, but I'm giving you what God gave me. It ain't people don't have a time problem. They got a heart problem. It ain't people, it's finance problem. Why they can't come? It's because they got a heart problem. Amen. I'll tell you what the Lord said. There's people that are intoxicated by the pleasures. They're more in love with the pleasures than they are with me. And that's an indictment on his church. Did you hear me? Sadly, many are going to find themselves shut out. They were shut out. They blew it. They one time had the invitation and had it originally accepted the invitation. But now they didn't want nothing to do with it. When it come time for the dinner, we just can't make it. We got this and that. We got all of this. And here's the problem. These things were ruling them instead of the one who gave the invitation. And I'm telling you, this is the problem in the last day church. I'm not saying any one of you got that problem. But I'm telling you, don't allow it to creep in tonight. Amen. Don't allow it to creep in tonight that where God gets on the back burner. That we place God behind us. That God's not prioritized in our life. These three now found themselves shut out. Like the five foolish virgins found ourselves shut out of the wedding. They lit their oil, they wouldn't know oil in the lamps. The bridegroom came too late. I don't know who you are, is what the bridegroom said. Who are you? They were shut out. Shut out of it. Because they neglected 
they didn't want nothing to do with it. I'm telling you what happens. People get so caught up with life. They put God on the back burner. Church, that's dangerous. We get so things mixed up. We miss it. Our greatest value is Him. If I'm going heads over heel, it's for Jesus. Amen? Amen? Because let me tell you, Jesus has done something for me more than anything or anyone in this world can do. I want to say this strong. The reason I'm here tonight is not because of man. It's because of Jesus. The reason I left North Carolina to come up here to stay here that God tells me he's done with me is because of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And where he sends me to next, it'll be fine. If he does. Whatever God does, it's because of him. I'm going to follow his leading. You see, he's got priority. Amen? Amen? You've got to understand, we can't get so caught up with everyday living. We can't get so caught up with so getting intoxicated with this world that we forget about God. Everyone's standing. We got to put him in his rightful place. And that's first. I asked you this evening, where is Jesus at in your life? I asked you tonight, are you drunken on this world? Are you drunk on this world and the things of this world? Well, if you are, it's time to get a drink from something from above. Amen? It's time to change labels, if you will. It's time to quit drinking on the pleasure of this world and drink on the sweet fountain of heaven. Where is Jesus at in your life today? I asked you. Is there one in here tonight would say, I need, he's not, where I need him to be. He's not got priority. I want him to make him prioritized in my life. I want him to make him the Lord of my life. I want him to be Savior. Is there one that says I need a Savior? I need this one called Jesus. I need this one that's called Jesus. Folks, this is reality. Heaven is real and hell is real from the youngest to the oldest. It ain't a joking matter. It ain't a laughing matter. What would happen if you go into eternity tonight? Would you find yourself well done, my good and faithful servant, or shut out? I asked you, where is Jesus at in your life? Is there one that says, I want to get a little closer to him tonight? I want to get him more in my life. I want to get him closer to him tonight. Burn those things out that shouldn't be there. Let me get closer to you. Lord, if there's anything in my life that has took your place, I want them out of my life. I want you to be there and I want them to be on the back burner. If I placed anything before you, I want it to be on the back burner. I want to be in love with you. I want to be heads over heels, heels with you. I want you to take priority in my life. I want you to take to be number one in my life. Don't let me find myself shut out. But let me find myself in his presence. Let me find myself getting closer and closer to him every day. Let me find myself getting closer to him every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.